Welcome to the Practice Podcast, conversations probing the nature of practice. I'm your host, Dave Firon. This conversation with Linda Ferraro and Vanessa Phipps brings out so many aspects of practice that uh, I could write a book about it. <laughs> and, hey, as a matter of fact, Peter Vale and I did write a book about it on practice, a way of being. And what's particularly useful, I think, in understanding what these good folks have shared with us is this idea of practice of collaboration to become a successful collaborator. It is no easy feat, but when you find it working as it does for them, it's a beautiful thing. And I think it brings uh, something to a, a client organization that neither one of them alone, as they will say, could have delivered. So the collaboration in case focusing on mentoring is uh, what we're going to hear about. And I want to actually have another episode or two about their work because it ties into almost everything that Peter and I wrote about and what uh, 165 other conversations have delved into. So here are Linda Ferraro and Vanessa Phipps under the heading of Valency Consulting. Well, folks, I am, I, I know this, this is going to be a wonderful experiment in the practice of podcasting, the practice of studying the nature of practice, the two things that you know I've been at for quite a few months. But what makes it even more wonderfully experimental is that I'm having a conversation with two friends who have become extraordinarily interesting collaborators, collaborators. <laughs> and uh, I don't know why I can't say that word, collaborators, uh, but that's who they are. Uh, Linda Ferraro and Vanessa Pips uh, working under the heading of Valency Consulting on a venture, really a venture in conceptual building of making something that they started become more fulsome, have more impact to their clients and uh, add something to the literature. So how about that for stumbling through an introduction, Linda and Vanessa? <laughs> I, I'm just keying off of the word fulsome, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> I heard no stumbling whatsoever. Uh, well, the word collaborator really <laughs> didn't work on these on these uh, main accent lips of mine, but um, uh, it, it is probably one of the key facts of, of our conversation that collaboration is a practice. Uh, it's one that an individual has as one who is effectively collaborating with others, but also when combined like you two have combined collaboration, it becomes a shared practice and something about which you're learning. So let's start with that. Uh, what are you learning as collaborators about that process of merging ideas and making something new happen? 
So, Linda, I'm happy to start if you're all right with that, because I would say that as I think about the two of us and our styles, my, as it turns out, mine was the one that was most or is the most manic. Uh, Linda is she is sort of, she is the cool cucumber um, between the two of us. I tend to even though I describe myself as an expressive um, with all of these creative ideas, when uh, the rubber hits the road, I typically um, am very type A about having everything sort of in a row and ready long before it's due. And mm -hmm. Linda rolls in at the last second and everything is amazing, but I've, I've sweated bullets and lost at least five pounds um, waiting for all of that amazing, amazing stuff to happen. And what I've learned from it is that I need to flex my style and adjust my expectations um, because I know that something awesome is going to be forthcoming. But that trust that you just expressed, Vanessa, is to me the uh, foundation, the ceiling, the walls of effective collaboration. Knowing that as soon as you stop that last thing you can do, Linda's going to come sliding in with something that she has promised to do and is ready to do. And then magic. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so Linda, uh, now that she's throwing you under the bus <laughs> not at about all. not being a person who's <clears throat> prepared until the last minute. <laughs> and if we yeah. were to have a further conversation of this, Vanessa would not say that I was unprepared. No, she don't. would, she would likely comment that, it is something that percolates for a while until I'm at the point where I know I can get there and it's and it just flows to the finish line. It's but so it sad. had but it really brought up an opportunity and and reminded me that I don't want to work with people whose styles are that similar to mine. I prefer mm -hmm. to have the balance because it allows me to grow. It allows me to think about perspectives that truthfully mirror what working relationships are like anyway. And sometimes when we have people who are too much like us, the evil twin comes out and it isn't <laughs> beneficial. And one of the things that I, I think I've benefited from is really the focus on what is, how do we get the best outcome for the client, but also how do we get there understanding that they themselves have different approaches to doing the work. And if mm -hmm. we are offering them these, you know, these multiple styles, then we're much more likely to connect in a myriad of ways with them than simply how I might have if I were working with this client by myself. Yeah, I can see it from instantly from the client's perspective to have an a truly attractive team in the best sense of attractive that two of you uh, have great spirit, uh, very professional in your, in your appearance, uh, but beyond appearance and your preparation and all of that. To me, that's a reinforcement that when I bring you in and we'll talk about what you're bringing in to do, uh, then uh, I'm, I'm already starting to feel pretty good about this. Uh, so, so even though you, Linda, have worked valency consulting mainly by yourself, 
with others off and on. And I assume, Vanessa, you have also had your own individual practice and know what it's like and how people receive you when you're doing uh, uh, work on the stage, uh, wherever you may be, that now the two of you uh, are are there in person now on Zoom, but in person. Now, here's a little bit about that. I know as someone who taught of many, many years all by myself that I liked being the, the person uh, to, to move the students and to, you know, create the, the wonders of learning. And I wasn't always that good about having someone share the stage with me. So mm-hmm. what about you two? I mean, is, how does it feel that you're in a sense subordinating your professional identity to the other. Either one of you can talk to that. I'm going to pop it back to Vanessa, but I didn't realize, Dave, that this was therapy slash podcast. I didn't either (laughs) until I said it. And I'm saying, what? I'm looking at myself on the screen. I'm saying, you pitiful. (laughs) No, I love it. I love it. So I, I, you know what? I'm going to have to go uh, movie. I'm going to go not movie theme, but movie quote and say that Linda completes me. Because of her background, it's so true. It's very true. And you know it. Linda's uh, professorial background, Mm -hmm. um, her her approach to learning and to delivering learning, I think is just it's a perfect hybrid for what I've done throughout my career, um, which is to use the word hybrid again, a hybrid of leadership development and EDIB or equity, diversity, inclusion, and belonging work. And so Linda brings a different, she brings a different brand of learning and she brings a depth of learning that I do not necessarily have in all instances and infuses it into what I've brought to the table. So it's um, it, it becomes a great place to, to dine. I will say that for sure. <laughs> and and Thank you. Linda, your turn on that one because that okay. was so elegant. I, I, I don't know if you can top that. <laughs> Probably not because <laughs> Vanessa, Vanessa comes from a noble place. And we've had this conversation before. And, and let's be honest, it isn't about being egoless because you wouldn't do this kind of work if you didn't have some degree of belief that you had something to share, that you had something substantive to provide to your clients and, and to build from further. I think for me, what has been particularly beneficial in our collaboration is that Vanessa brings a wealth of experience in, for one thing, areas that I don't have. So I have a corporate background. She has that, but she also has nonprofit. She other she has other agencies. She has organizations that truly provide for us a breadth of background to go and deliver to different clients that we have. But I think that one of the things that makes it not a challenge for me personally to partner and share is that her she comes from such a place of humility and desire to provide the best that we can together. 
Mm-hmm. And there's not a sense of one or the other being up or down. And I think we could probably say that within our careers, we've been in situations where we've felt a little bit less than the one to have the light shined upon them when we truly deserve to have it shine upon us. And that is, that is not something that, that we ever have conversations about. I think the other thing that's really important is that I don't believe that either one of us believe that we have all of the answers. So the, the brainstorming conversation also leads to a place where rarely does one person say that's the way it should be? I think that this is the only way we can go forward and shuts down the conversation. That just doesn't happen. And I think that it it's a unique, you know, it's, it's a unique and special bond, but what it does is it produces two things. One, it's a conversation about how are we modeling this concept of cultural humility and self-reflection and continuous growth. It's if we're teaching it and we're seeking to bring it into organizations, if we don't do this ourselves, then we are hypocrites attempting to deliver in organizations. Yeah, and I get the it. one thing we're not is hypocritical. And so it's almost like a, uh, content deliver it's almost like you might as well just you know put it on a video and send the video but when you bring into it your presence your who your your, your presence in the best sense of the word that you know, look at me look at us listen to us because we get it and we know that you do too we just want to reinforce that what is the it that they get uh, first and foremost, humanity, humanity, that we we have something that the AI can't offer to the world. <laughs> we have humanity, and we want to make sure that the humanness of everyone working in the particular organization we're assisting is elevated and honored and developed because software engineers can do their thing. But look at us, we're, we're, we're the uh, soft side, as we used to call it back in my day, of management. We deal with the human aspects of organization behavior. Wow. Well, since I've become so eloquent, I don't even want to listen to you two anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I do want to ask that question that we almost always ask when you meet two people who really do care about each other and work beautifully together. And that is, when did you first meet? And when those sparks of, hmm, this could be an interesting person happen. Let's start with you, Linda. I was encouraged to reach out to Vanessa through another organization, and I, I did so. And in fact, it was right after George Floyd's murder. So it was a period of time that I, I truly appreciated Vanessa giving of herself to, to meet me at that moment in time mm-hmm. and to share her perspective and help, you know, help me also to think about where we need to go in the world and how can we bring humanity and healing, even, even if in some 
you know, small measure with with building the relationship and the work that we're doing. So it was truly pivotal personally for me to meet Vanessa. Do you remember when you got that call, Vanessa? From Linda? I don't remember. So it was, as is the case with many things um, in this this time in our existence, it was an email outreach. And ultimately, we got together on the phone and we both, I, I will say, we both entered a brave space in our conversations almost immediately. And I saw, I sensed and felt uh, respect from Linda for my value and um, certainly wanted to demonstrate how valuable um, the, that outreach felt for me. And so it was a, it was a great beginning in that, in that regard. You have this, I guess, this sense of discernment that speaks to you when real people are in your space and you don't want to let go of, of that kind of a relationship. Wow. That's beautifully said. And, you know, those moments, and I've, I've had many, and I know both of you individually have had many moments when someone has reached out to you, seeing that you have expertise that they'd like to tap. And sometimes it is generous as we try to be, there's just this feeling, well, I'm being used here. I mean, I, they, they just want a sound bite from me. They just want, you know, to uh, be able to use um, uh, some of my work, but I don't really get that they care to give anything back. So I'm being cynical for a moment because mm -hmm. I think in a way in our fields of organization uh, development and leadership development and all of the, the ways that people are putting that into practice these days, uh, you can get really swamped with the kind of request, uh, Vanessa, that you got from Linda and look at that email and go, okay, a polite response. Yeah, let's, let's talk sometime versus something about the way she asked when she asked, you know, right after the George Floyd uh, tragedy uh, triggered uh, your willingness to give her the benefit of not the doubt, but the benefit of hope. Would I, can I put it that way? Sure. Absolutely. Hope, <laughs> hope for yet another relationship that had some depth and some meat and some meaning. Yes. Yes. How important is that to you, Linda, to, to have these kinds of relationships that you and I have had over the last 25 years or so? When we do talk, we go deep. It's life sustaining and life affirming. Mm -hmm. And it is about finding like minded individuals who. Who you want to have those kinds of conversations with who you want to go deep with. And truthfully, the, our initial discussions were not about work. I didn't call, you know, I didn't reach out to Vanessa to talk about a specific project or to engage ultimately where we went to with, with the mentoring work. It, it evolved from there as we had further conversations about what, what was important to us, you know, where, where our, passions were taking us and had taken us up to that point that that moved into when when Vanessa says we entered a brave space of, of respect I I truly appreciate that 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 means a lot to me Vanessa 
that you said that. Thank you. I think it's also indicative of the work that we've been doing, that we're having conversations and bringing it to a place where we are looking to support and enable organizations to enter brave spaces in the workplace. Yeah. And what was particularly important about that is it's easy. And in many respects, a lot of the work that exists within organizational leadership development is truly derivative of other stuff that went before it. Of course. And we were not content with having our discussions be simply derivative of what happened in the past in, in mentoring. And that's truly, I think that's, it, it's so important when you find it to nurture the relationship and certainly you can't just dive into the work without determining through discernment whether this is somebody that you want to spend your time with because you are. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, I, I, I we, we will have a second uh, conversation before the second conversation. Uh, I'm seeing the theme of this one. How did uh, Linda and Vanessa become collaborators? in their work in a way that sounds to me already to be enviable uh, for those of us who would love to have. And, and I've had uh, people who uh, I could collaborate with on almost anything, but the, the point in perhaps what will be more fulsome in our next discussion will be that mentoring itself, which is definitely uh, like coaching and other aspects of more one-on-one -on -one learning opportunities that you can set up, if you will, in organizations is, is, I think because of the pandemic and a bunch of other crazy things that's happened, that there's a uh, altogether keener need on the part of uh, both mentor and mentee to um, have a meaningful connection and mm -hmm. that, that you, you two would, be modeling that without ever saying a word about it. It would be apparent and is apparent to me. But uh, let's at least use the last few minutes of this uh, segment to uh, address this question. Of all the things that you could bring fresh uh, knowledge and opportunity, why mentoring? What, what was it that since you didn't start talking about that immediately when you become acquainted, why did that become something that really put the bond together quite tightly? And I'll ask Vanessa to jump in on that first, okay. because I think she, she did a, a, a lion's share of driving mm. the conversation in the beginning. So, I think it goes back to what you talked about, Dave, relative to trust. The core of any valuable mentoring program is the building of trust. Mm -hmm. And that can sometimes be disrupted or be a little sticky when we're talking about building it in a multi-hierarchical relationship or a relationship where um, intersectionality comes into play, um, when there are differences in diversity dimensions. Sure. Um, so for me, the, the ability to 
not move beyond those things, but to move into them um, in a way that demonstrates that, yes, there's conflict here and I want to get into it so that we can we can get to a place um, where there's a, an appreciation for why that conflict took place. Um, just appreciating that when you kick off a mentoring program, you need to recognize that who you are informs how you see others. And so being able to, 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 to get there and then recognize that when you get, as you, as you sort of move along that continuum, um, both of you are, are seeing a much bigger, uh, more colorful picture of um, who and how your mentoring partner is. Wow. And I'm thinking of the the one trick pony kind of consulting or training that one can be brought into a company to do. Give us two days, give us a half a day uh, about some aspect of human behavior, leadership, if you will, or learning or or, or conflict resolution, negotiation. The, the topical list is lengthy. But what I'm sensing here is that that one thing and done and gone gives very conscientious persons like you a feeling of, oh, there's so much more, so much more. So actually creating a system that you can build and leave behind, if you will, a lasting system of mentoring. And that's what we will talk about a lot the next time. That is, um, that's a different kind of work. That's the good stuff. It's very good stuff. And it's also timely in a way that is continuing to shift. So the last two years have taught us nothing but the opportunity to continue to grow in terms of the nature of relationships, the structure of relationships, whether people are physically co-located, not co-located, mm. may someday be in the metaverse and communicating with each other that way. Regardless of that, these conversations help us to, it, you know, it's interesting. You talked about creating a system. To me, it's a system of relationships. Yeah. So those relationships allow us to then turn around and, and obviously we'd like to have long-term connections with organizations to offer them, you know, beginning mentorship programs and coaching opportunities and other types of really circumstances where we can come in to support them and, and reinforce them. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But le leaving them with an understanding, which which is an iterative process of how to build those relationships, get to know the other person or persons that you're in those mentoring relationships with, how to create and sustain and support trust over a period of time, and how to move into those somewhat challenging spaces that require brave discussions. Mm -hmm. So let me ask one last question in this time sake. Is mentoring itself a thing that's being tried and then maybe oh, we'll get on to another thing in terms of the way the market for your work may perceive it. 
of course, I don't believe it's a thing. I believe what we just said about it is that it's a critically important way of helping, particularly these co-located and broken up organizations to, to keep some kind of continuity. But uh, you could finish up a gig or two and go on to another thing, another thing both of you know well and can offer in your, in your uh, quiver of uh, consultant uh, uh, arrows. Um, but let's talk finally about the importance of, to you, of mentoring being the thing that identifies your collaboration. Interestingly, if we are saying that the genesis of the thing was ancient Greeks and Telemachus, who was the son of Odysseus, who had mentor as his mentor, I, I don't think we're at the point of, of, of finding the, the end of mentoring as support. The, the question is, what is the definition of it? And I hate to get stuck on the word mentor or mentoring because it has a connotation that truthfully, you know, we're, we're moving from that senior, more experienced person, you know, to the junior through conversations we've had about reverse mentoring that's often narrowly focused and still unidirectional to this conversation about mutual mentoring. And that's really the discussion that, that we've been having about supporting and promoting a culture of caring and mutual respect. So that for us is the evolution. So it truly means there is no, no endpoint as long as humanity exists. And what do you think about that, Vanessa, as we talk about the not only the future of mentoring, but your future as collaborators representing what sounds to me like an evolutionary step in mutual mentoring? I, I actually have to steal something from you uh, that you said when we first met to even talk about uh, um, having a podcast. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think at the time we were talking sort of about power and um, sort of getting through that um, to have a real partnering relationship. And what you said was that these relationships don't discount hierarchy, but they invite, invite opportunities to have speculative conversations. And I loved that. And I'm keeping it. I may steal it and say it's mine. I'm just saying. It's yours. It's yours. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. but to me, that's that's it. That's what it's all about, because that that allows if you think about it in uh, relative to always having speculative conversations, it it makes you. It feels free. Yeah. Um, it frees you up from the hierarchy and the dimensions of diversity and a myriad of other things that may halt conversations that could in fact um, build a, a different kind of partnership in your respective organization. Mm, I love that. I, I, I have such a comical mind. I, I, I was thinking of, of something in the Get Smart television series I love was that on, show. On long before you two youngins. No, I'm a baby to... boomer, Dave. We are one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you remember you remember the cone of silence? Yes, of course. Uh, and the chief would be sitting at his desk and Max would come in and said, Chief, 
we need the cone of silence and it would come down and the two of them would be inside. <laughs> and, and in a way, uh, with all the noise and all the, even the words that we throw around about organizational effectiveness that must hit all kinds of particularly senior leaders, to know that they could go into essentially a cone of silence with a, uh, a, a young and upcoming uh, employee and just talk as if as two human beings uh, without, you know, with complete uh, safety. Yes. So Dave, <laughs> this is so fascinating because when we had that conversation, I too captured speculative conversation, but your analogy, your example was being out on the ice flow together. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, my head is full of analogies. They're in the cone of silence. <laughs> but the fact is that they're where no one else can be in that moment and they can just be each other. That's just it. I mean, here we are just you and me. Uh, and uh, let's take an hour or 30 minutes or whatever the time we have uh, for this exquisitely important peace and quiet to be uh, fellow humans. So, I know we're going to have another episode because we're going to get into much into this notion of mutual mentoring the from the reverse mentoring that you were working on in one of your corporate engagements to this notion now that you're developing for the future um, corporate engagements uh, that could be, you know, I'll be the be able to be able the first to say. I heard it first. <laughs> Listen to my podcast. There's proof. These two wonderful people are onto something. So thank you. Thank you very much for giving me the honor of having this discovery. We certainly, thank you, uh, Dave. we appreciate you. And, and um, yes, thank you very much. Thank you, Dave. And thank you, Vanessa, my partner. Yes, indeed. Thank you all around. Thanks for listening to the Practice Podcast, where we discuss practice with a capital P. If you'd like to hear more, listen in on Spotify, Automatic, and Apple Podcasts, or go to inactionresearch.com slash podcast dash page. And if you'd like to learn more about social inaction and the nature of practice, head over to anactionresearch.com for more information. Thank you for supporting this show. We look forward to hearing from you soon.